can be tested. And indeed, uh, uh, in Genesis 22, it said that God tested Abraham. You ever felt like you've been tested? Amen. And uh, in the Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith Abraham offered Isaac and uh, when God was testing him. Uh, and he received God's promise, and he was ready to offer his son Isaac. And even though God had told him Isaac is going to be the son through whom all the descendants will be counted. And, and Abraham, he reasoned that if Isaac were to die, that God would be able to bring him back to life again. And so that was our focus uh, last time. And we're going to continue our study uh, when your faith is tested today. And uh, let me do just a little bit of review, and then we're going to plow some new ground this morning. We talked about last time how that walking with God is a journey. It's something you do every day. You know, you can talk about renewing your mind and how important it is to renew your mind, but, you know, you don't just do that on Sunday. It's something that you have to do every day. Every day you have to renew your mind and, and take your thoughts captive, and it's something that it's part of, of, of your spiritual uh, victory. You will not have victory if you let your mind just go every which way because your mind will lead you astray. Hello? Amen. And if you go by how you feel, your feelings will lead you astray. Amen. You may not even feel like going to church. Oh, my Lord. Amen. That will lead you astray. And so we don't go by feelings alone. Now, feelings are real. The Lord created you with feelings and He'll touch your feelings. I'm thankful that He touches my feelings. Amen. But it's a journey. It's not a destination, our walk with God. You and I have to come to the place in, God, in our walk with God that not only do we trust God, but God can trust us. And for that to happen, oftentimes it will require a testing. A testing, a testing of our faith. Our, our, in our passage, in our text, it said that God tested Abraham. And he said, now take your son Isaac and whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice uh, or as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. In the King James Version, verse 12, after he had started to, to offer his son and take the knife, well, the angel of the Lord spoke to him from heaven. He heard the voice and said, stop, don't do it. He said, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son from me, uh, your only son from me. And there are many times when we're, we're walking with God, and we are living for God, and stuff happens. You ever had stuff happen? And you end up in the ER, or, or wherever else you end up at, and uh, you don't know why, but uh, it could be that God is testing God is just testing us. You, but you can always depend on God. God is so faithful that it should be easy for anyone to trust Him. And trusting God is really not the test. The real test is the other way around. Can God trust us? That's the test. And so walking with God again is a journey. It's not a destination. It's a process of development in our lives. And that many times will require a testing of our own faith. And our text again is God tested Abraham. But this testing is actually 
not to prove Abraham, but rather it was a refining process in his life. And I talked about last time how that the silversmith knows that the silver that's being fired in the, in the oven is ready. You know, he, he can tell when he's pulled off all the dross and what's there, he knows it's ready when he can look into the silver and see his reflection. And when he sees his reflection, he knows the silver's ready. And so much is like in our lives when we are refined by the test, by whatever it is and how we respond to that. God is looking and he knows that we have passed the test, if you will, of our faith. When he can see his character, when he can see his nature, when he can see himself in us. Amen. And so it is a refining process that is going on. And in our text it said, it came to pass after these things. Now, it took some time. This process of refining took some time for God's purpose to be fulfilled in our lives. After these things, God tested him. For 40 years now, 40 years, God had been walking with Abraham, working with Abraham, perfecting his heart, developing his character and his nature so that he could fulfill his purpose, his will in his life. Now, on your outline from the bulletin, if you didn't pull it out, go ahead and pull it out. On your outline today, under the next point, letter D, fill in the blank, the purpose of God, or the purpose of God was not so much what Abraham did, as much as it was who Abraham became. That's what God is interested in. See, the purpose of God in your life and in my life is a process of development. And He wants to refine us. And He's much more interested uh, in us becoming than in what we are doing. Now, that doesn't mean He's not interested in what we're doing. He is. But He's much more interested in us becoming. Becoming what? A godly person. Amen. And that's something you do every day. Every day. And I'm convinced that if you and I will become the person that God desires for us to become, then we won't have to worry about what we're doing. We will do what God intends for us to do. Amen. So the question is not, are you doing the purpose of God? It's rather, are you becoming the person that God wants you to become? Amen. We also learn that walking with God means that we will pursue a relationship with His his person. That, that our, the purpose is not to know, just know about God, but our purpose is to know God. Amen. To know Him and experience His, his plans and his, his ways. We must understand His ways and not just His deeds, not just His acts. It's all about knowing Him. And when we finally begin to understand the Lord's ways, it will eliminate the necessity of us having to see something happen all the time. To be sure that God is there. You won't have to see it because you know He's there regardless. Whether you see it or don't see it. Amen. And when we finally understand the Lord's ways, His nature, His character. Then you won't go around discouraged at your circumstance. When all looks dark, when all looks hopeless, when it looks like it's in despair. When it looks like, woe is me, you know, gloom, doom and despair and agony of soul. It's like Junior Samples singing that song. Remember that song he used to sing years ago? Yeah, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom and despair. Oh, my. 
Praise God. Now, learning the Lord's ways, His character, His nature, is much more important than just seeing what He does. Seeing His power on display. In Psalms 103 verse 7, He says He revealed His character to Moses, but He only revealed His deeds to the people of Israel. Why is that? Because they were afraid of Him. They didn't want to have personal, intimate relationship with him. They wanted to keep him at a distance. But Moses, he knew him face to face. He knew him as a friend. And friend, God's ultimate purpose for us is that we will come to a place in our lives. We must get to the point that we believe God so completely that we follow God's direction even when we don't understand God's ways. Amen. His purpose is to develop within us a receptivity toward doing His will, a total abandonment to doing to His ways, understanding His ways, and a total readiness to do whatever the Word and His wisdom directs. And when we get to that point in our walk of faith, know this, that you and I are finally right where God wants us to be. Amen. That we know Him and we trust Him. And we keep on trusting Him. And we realize He will never, ever fail us. Amen. He changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you thankful for that? Amen. Now, the desire of God's heart is to bring us to the place that we will never again doubt His character or doubt His nature or doubt that He loves you. He loves you, friends. He's concerned about you. And don't ever... That believe that he doesn't care. The disciples got in the boat one time and they were in the middle of the storm and they saw Jesus coming and they said, or Jesus was asleep in the boat and I think it was a story and, and uh, they were concerned and they woke him up and they said, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care? You don't have to worry. Amen. You may be going through a storm in your life, but let me tell you, he has not left your vessel. He's there with you and he cares. Amen. So the issue is not, can we trust Him? Believe me, you can trust Him. The real issue is, and we studied this last time, is can He trust us? And that's where we ended last time on part one of this story. And So let's continue on with part two. And that is that intimacy with God will test your reliance upon self. Now all of us love to be self-sufficient. We love to be able to do things ourselves. We That's part of this Western mindset. We are independent and we want to do it ourselves. I've got a little two-year-old that wants to do conquer the world by herself. Amen. And she thinks she can do it all. And so uh, we are born with that inclination. But when you get close to God, you realize that uh, you need God. Amen. You need Him and, for everything in your life. Now, intimacy with God will test your reliance on self. In our text, in verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham, and God said to him, Abraham! And he said, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. And observe in our text that God called him... By name. God knows your name. 
Amen. And God said to him, Abraham. But notice also how Abraham responded to him. Abraham's response was one of recognition. And he responded and he said, Here I am, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. I'm listening to you, Lord. And whatever you want to say to me, God, I'm right here. Here I am, Lord. You see... He wasn't hiding in the bushes like Adam and Eve were hiding in the bushes one day when the Lord came in the cool of the garden. And the Lord said, where are you, Adam? Where are you? And we're hiding over here in the bushes. No, it wasn't that. It's here I am. Why was Abraham so willing to say, to answer the question when God said, Abraham, why was he so willing to say, here I am? Why was he willing to say that? I submit to you it's because Abraham recognized the voice that was speaking to him. He had heard that voice before. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. I remember and I've told this story many times. But when Catherine was almost three. She was going to be three in a few days. Marcia and I had gone to Galveston. No, no, we'd gone to Houston. We were living in Baton Rouge at the time, and we came for the holidays, Christmas holidays, and it was right after Christmas, and we had gone to the Galleria Mall in Houston, Texas. And I've got an almost three-year-old holding on to this little finger, and I've got a baby carrier with a little Parker. He's two months old, and I'm holding. And we went to the Galleria after Christmas, just a few days, And Marcia was going to shop. And we went to the middle of the mall, and there's people everywhere. And long story short, at some point, Marcia went off and left me with the two-year-old and the the baby. And we're sitting where Santa Claus used to be. You know, his chair was there. So we were, you know, Catherine had jumped and climbed and went, you know, and we kept watching these glass elevators go up and down in the middle of that mall. They were way up, about 20 stories high because of the, the Houston Galleria Post Oak Hotel that's there. And so I, naturally, being a dad, I said, hey, you want to do the elevator? And yes, Daddy, let's go do the elevator. We went to the elevator door, and I pressed the button. And our goal was to get in the elevator and go up and see and come down and come back before Marcia came back from the store. But what I did not know was that those elevators are really fast. And when I pressed the door, it opened. And me and a baby diaper bag and Parker stepped in. And I looked around and the door shut. And Catherine is left in the mall at ground level, level one. I don't have to press a button because the elevator shoots up. And as the door closed, all I could do was say, Catherine, stay right there. Daddy will be right back. That's all I could say. Now, the, the mall was wide, and then it narrowed to where these banks of elevators were, and then it got wide again. And there was traffic coming through there, just people, gobs of people. And I have lost my little three-year-old girl at the elevator door. I pressed every button in that elevator, you know, And it finally stopped, but it was level three. And so I get out with 
Parker, I'm holding him in the, in, in the diaper bag. And I run to the edge, and I look over the edge. I can see down, but I can't see where she is. And so I yelled out, and I said, Catherine, stay right there. Daddy is coming for you. And I'm thinking what to do, and I'm thinking if I jump over, you know, that's not going to work, you know. And because I'm up at level three and she's on level one. And so in the distance, I'm looking for anything to get down. And I see about a half a block away, I see an escalator. Oh, praise God. I run. I mean, my, it's like better than O.J. Simpson. I mean, I'm running through. And I run through. And I come to the escalator and I go down to the next level. But it only goes down one level. It doesn't go down two levels to where I need to be. And what do I do? And so I run back, and I'm huffing and puffing. I run back to where the elevators are, and it's, it's down. But she, and I yell again, Catherine, it's Daddy. I'm coming. Stay there. Stay there. And I go back to the elevator. It's all I could do. And, and in a few moments, the elevator door opens, and it's the same elevator that I had gone, planned to go up on. I get on. It comes down, and the door opens, and Catherine's standing right there. <sighs> you don't know the panic. You've lost a child in the store or something. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, 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 I tell you what. We got in, we rode the elevator, but, you know, and we came down, and I, we, she didn't leave my side. I didn't even tell Marcia. I wasn't about to. <laughs> Amen. But there was a kind lady that had, that had seen what had happened and stayed with Catherine the whole time. And... Uh, and so she told me she stayed with her, and I said, oh, well, thank you. I said, was she scared? And she said, oh, no, no. said, every once in a while, she would say, that's my daddy's voice. That's my daddy's voice. He said, stay here. He's coming for me. That's my daddy's voice. I hear, and all the roar, it's just a roar of voices. But she heard one voice. Praise God. Abraham heard a voice. And of all the voices in the world, he recognized this voice. He recognized this voice, and he said, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Praise God. And so the Lord spoke to him. And friends, it's imperative that we have an ongoing relationship with the Lord, lest when he speaks to us, we will not be able to recognize his voice. It's important that we recognize the voice of the Lord. Praise God. And so the, the primary way that the Lord speaks to us, you ever seen one of these? It's called a Holy Bible. Primarily, this is the way He speaks to us. When you read it or when you hear someone proclaim it, He speaks to us. And see, you say, Pastor Marcus, you mean God can speak to me during this morning service at Cassidy Assembly? Yes, absolutely. He can speak to you because it is His Word that's coming forth. If you will open your spirit man to be attuned, he that hath an ear, let him hear, is what the Word says. And he's not saying there are people without ears. He's saying you have ears, but you just, you're not listening. Open your ears, your spirit man, to hear what? Hear the Word. Because what happens is faith comes when you hear the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Praise God. And so you're being made strong in your inner man as you hear the Word of God. And so the Lord speaks to us primarily through the Word, but He speaks to us through the Spirit as well. Amen. You ever had the Holy Spirit speak to you? 
speak a word into your heart, into your spirit. Very seldom will you hear an audible voice. If you're waiting to hear an audible voice from heaven, yea, I say unto thee, you know, you're probably going to be waiting a long time. It may happen once or twice in your life, maybe. And some it has never happened in your life where you heard an audible voice and that doesn't make you less a believer. Amen. And, but he may speak to you in a dream. I've had the Lord give me dreams of how to solve problems. I'd be, you know, just wrestling with an issue. It might be a, a, a wiring diagram issue. And I'm trying to figure out why that thing is not working right. And then the Lord will give me a dream and show me that I need to add a little jumper cable here from one connection to another. I, I'm not an electrician. I didn't know that. But the Holy Spirit put it in my spirit to do it. And I tried it. And lo and behold, it worked. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. I can't tell you how practical the Holy Spirit is as your helper. Because when Jesus left the earth, the Holy Spirit came. And He's here on the earth. He hasn't left. And He wants to be your best friend. He wants to speak to you if you will open up your heart and begin to be sensitized to hear the Holy Spirit. I've told this story before and I'm deviating and I'm going to close in just a moment. We're not going to finish this message today. This is going to be a three-part message. Amen. Several years ago, uh, and, and I've shared this before, but there was a, a fellow who lived in New York City. And he had a friend that came to visit him from Arizona. And he was a native-born American. He was American Indian. And so he came to New York City, and he was amazed by all the people, because he had never seen the many people in all of his life. And they were downtown New York City, in the midst of, uh, of all of the traffic sounds and sirens and people and commotion and all this. And this Native American friend turned to his friend and said, I hear a cricket. You have a, he says, you heard a what? He said, I heard a cricket. He said, you're crazy. He said, there's no crickets around here. And so he went over to a, plant, a planter that had a tree in it. He dug around, and sure enough, there's a cricket right there. He said, yeah, there he is, right there. He said, I, you must have superhuman ears to hear a cricket in the midst of all this noise. He said, no, says, it just depends on what you're listening for. He said, let me show you. He pulled, reached in his pocket, and he pulled out a handful of, of coins. And so he just threw the coins, ding, ding, ding. And people were moving all around, and they were looking. They were looking, did I have a hole in my pocket, you know? And because people were listening for the sound. He says it's the same way. He says, I just live in the country and I, I'm familiar with crickets and what they say. And, and uh, so when it, I could hear that cricket because I'm rec- I recognize the sound of a cricket. And friends, the Holy Spirit, when He speaks to your heart, if you will sensitize yourself to the Holy Spirit, you can... Be sensitized and you can hear and you can get receive direction from the Lord. Abraham, it's imperative, friends, that when he speaks that we can recognize his voice. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And so as I bring this message to a close, I'm just stopping right here. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Praise God. How many of you want to be sensitized to hear the voice of God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you, you will never be sensitized unless you are regularly in fellowship walking with God. And so we need to be in the Word of God, not just on Sunday morning. Hello? 
We need to be in the Oh, that's a great idea, Kim. Every day, get in the Word of God. How about praise and worship? Amen. Not just on Sunday morning. Every day, get into the Spirit, the Spirit man. And when you do, you'll be sensitized, you'll be ready, you'll be, and the Holy Spirit will begin to impress upon you. Many times, the Holy Spirit will speak a thought into your mind. And then you have to have spiritual discernment. Is this thought here because it's God speaking to me through the Holy Spirit? Or is it, have I had too much pizza last night? Hello? I'm being honest with you. Amen. And so the Lord will give thoughts. He will speak to your spirit. He will, will impress upon you. He may use another person. Have a prophetic word. Sister Long came and gave an exhortation, gave a prophetic word today. And that was to edify not her, but to edify the body. Amen. That's the gift in operation. Praise God. And so I encourage you today. I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted us to just pause and have a lesson on worship. Hello? Why? So that we could hear what he would have to say to us. And the message is we need to be sensitized in our spiritual ears to hear what God would say. Amen. You receive that message today? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Stand with me, congregation. Now, you say, well, Pastor Marcus, you know, I don't know that my heart is even right with God. And it may or may not be, but you know what? You don't have to leave here that way. You can know before you leave here that your heart is right with God. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all pray right now and ask God to cleanse our hearts. Heavenly, Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart. Cleanse me of all my sins. Wash me of all impurities. I receive you. As my Lord and as my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Simple as that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you need special prayer, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and join me at the front. We want to anoint you with oil. We want to pray the prayer of faith over you. Whatever you're.